0: You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Well, good morning. It is great to see uh, a camera, and hopefully you get to see those around you at your Calvary at home location, and uh, we're going to get to see each other very, very soon. Well, thank you for joining us today, and we're uh, closing out a series we've been walking through, looking at the Church of Antioch, and the series we've called the Antioch Experiment. And before we jump in, I just want, I want you to say something with me, because I think there's something powerful when we allow uh, something to come out of our words. And here's what I want you to say, we're going to say this together, whether you're at your at-home location, maybe you're in your car, hopefully not driving while you're watching this, or you're... uh, on your lunch break, at work, wherever it might be, I want you to say this with me. God has something special in store for me today. Can we say this together? We're gonna say it together, so I just told you. Now we're gonna say it together, ready? God has something special in store for me today. I believe God has something special in store for you, for me today, that today isn't just about going through the motions and doing a religious thing. He has something special in store for you. And, and, And that's why we're doing what we're doing today. We broadcast every Sunday. We're preparing as we move through our stages of engagement to gather in person again, not because it's our religious duty or obligation, but because God has something special in store for you. And we get to do that virtually and in person at our at-home locations, and we are excited about what God's gonna do. You know, this is a really interesting time that we found ourselves in at this moment. So many values that we've held on to for maybe years have come into question. We've been pressed, squeezed, nearly destroyed as a nation. Families are divided by racial tensions, by politics, by by disease. And and through this all, for, for many, we've landed on this way of life that kind of goes something like this, this mantra. You do what's best for you, I'll do what's best for me. And, and that approach has really defined uh, this time period in a lot of ways. It's an approach to life that based, uh, is based off a premise of if everyone does what's best for them, we'll be happier, the world will be a better place because we're all doing what's best for us. And at a surface level, it makes complete sense. But as you dig deeper, if everyone's doing what's best for them, then everyone will be happier and life will be fuller. And and, and that that makes sense, but it, it doesn't work out that way. See, the reality is when you do what's best for you, it will always cost someone else something. When you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. Saying yes to me and what's best for me is potentially saying no to what's best for someone else. And I believe this is one of those really hard conversations that we need to have in our world today. This affects racial reconciliation. This affects politics. This this affects how we shout from the mountaintops of our social media accounts, our stance on everything from our favorite restaurant to our political persuasion. We found ourselves arguing the surface things so often while missing out on the root issues. And today I want to talk to you about one of those root issues. Because I believe this issue that we're going to talk about should be a value at the heart of who we are as a church and who we are as followers of Jesus. And here's the simple idea that I want to talk to you about today. Success isn't based on what you can get, but what you can give. Success isn't based on, and, and on me doing me and getting what's best for me, but about what we can give. We've defined success, unfortunately, as a society, as the stuff, the titles, the achievements that we can accumulate over a lifetime. That the more stuff we accumulate, the, the better the titles, maybe the higher we get up the, the ladder, the better we are, the more successful we are. But there are plenty of examples of people who have accumulated all those things and still find themselves empty, still feel like they're falling short. Why? Because that's not success. Success, or what we might better describe as fulfillment, isn't found in any of the things you can get, but ultimately in what you can give. I know it's a pretty outlandish idea, it's kind of crazy, but I'm telling you, this is true. There's, there's an example that we have to look at. And this month, we've been looking at the church of Antioch. And, and the church in Antioch is an incredible example in the first century of this very idea. When we see this story unfold in Acts chapter 11 and verse 27 of this uh, amazing moment where the church looks at it's not about me, but it's about not what I can get, but about what I can give. Here's what it says in verse 27 of Acts chapter 11. Says during this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and, through the Spirit, predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman Empire. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Now, when this famine finally did hit Judea, it was one of four different famines that hit during Claudius' reign. And and this is what made the church of Antioch so special. When, When a need became evident, when they were made aware of a need, they didn't just sit back and pray. They didn't just sit back and say, man, I hope everything works out. They didn't just send good vibes to Jerusalem saying, hope it all works out in the end. They responded. Verse 29, it says, if they gave... Gave as each were able. What an incredible idea. They gave as each were able. This is what I believe we as followers of Jesus in 2020 desperately need to recapture. That it's not about me. It's not about what's best for me. It's not about accumulating as much stuff as I can. It's about ultimately what I can give. Now, Now hear me, I'm not saying it's wrong. Uh, or horrible to have nice things or good things. I'm saying that's not where you find success and fulfillment. God created us to give; He never meant for us to get. Now, some of you might think I have nothing to give. What do I ultimately have to give that that's that of any worth or value? And I, I promise you, God has put us each on this earth with worth, with value. It could be resources, time. It could be talent and ability. God has given us each value as human beings, as his creations, his children. And he's given it to us not to accumulate or to hoard or or to get more for ourselves. He's given it to us to pay it forward, to pass it through, to help someone else, to benefit someone else. That's what God made us to do. Now, Now, I want to take a second and brag on our church during this coronavirus pandemic. So many of you have embodied this very idea. Over the last few months, we've been able to help hundreds of people with food distributions. Uh, the biggest of them, the big give, where we gave away over 1,300 boxes of food. It was incredible. As you mentioned, heard Pastor Dave mention a few moments ago, just in the last couple weeks, we've been able to help support local businesses as they're reopening. An amount of $4,000 helping equip them Helping our business community be effective. We, we've been able to help individuals with, with uh, utility bills that were, were falling short and they weren't able to make it uh, of an amount of thousands of dollars. Why? Because, church, you get it. You get it. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. We, as a church, have been the hands and feet of Jesus. And this is what we're called to do. This is who we're called to be, not just during a pandemic, but every day. We are called to give. Throughout this entire month, as we've been looking at the church of Antioch, we've talked about all these little things that defined them as a church. We talked about how they were led by the Spirit, how, how developing people was important to them, and, and, and how our ceiling should be the next generation's floor. And Pastor Dave did a great job last week talking about how we lead with this conviction of unity. And in this passage in Acts 11, we see all of these factors all come into play. As, as the church was led by the Spirit, as they recognized the importance of investing together and there was unity and, and it all comes together as they give, as they were generous. You see, being generous wasn't just about a moment here. It was about living out of generosity, which is about a way of life. This is what Jesus ultimately embodied. In fact, the most famous verse in scripture is found in John chapter 3, verse 16. Some of you could probably quote it. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son he gave. Out of this love, he gives. That wasn't something that's like, God does that, we don't have to do that, we just receive. No. We give, we follow his example. As a church, as followers of Jesus, this is what we should be known by. Not not that we shouldn't be prudent and wise and saving our money and and resources. Not, Not that we should bankrupt ourselves, but we should be known by how we give with this heart of love. In in fact, in, in John's gospel, in chapter 13, Jesus explained this. He said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I love what Jesus says there. As I have loved you, you must love one another. Now, the disciples didn't fully understand the lengths that Jesus would go to show that love at that point. He hadn't been crucified. He hadn't been resurrected yet. But now looking back, wow, what a weight that statement carries. What a statement by Jesus to make, backing it up, not simply with wishes or well-wish, but with action. These verses show us clearly what drove the church in Antioch, why they did what they did. It was because they were only giving what Jesus had given to them. This love that they would be known for and that we should be known for was an act of love. It wasn't a feeling. It wasn't an emotion. It was an action. And this love we are called to be known for is best expressed as we give. Because success isn't based on what you can get, but what you can give. And I've experienced this in my own life, that one of the biggest barriers to living out this life of generosity, a life defined by giving, not getting, is when I forget how much I've already been given. You see, you see the, the further our view gets from the things we've been given, the more entitled we will become about what we possess. And, and, and I'll give you a real life example for me. When, when I've seen this happen over and over again, having a kid, when, when my wife gave birth to our first son, I never realized how entitled uh, I was, selfish I was, until I had a kid. And every kid we've had since then, all three of them, it's like God smacks me in the face with it all over again, how selfish I can be. Kids are, are an incredible reminder that we're not there to get. It's not about me, it's about them. It's about raising them, seeing them healthy, seeing them succeed, seeing them become what God wants them to be. And, and for that to happen, that will never ever happen if it becomes about me. It has to become about them. And and the further I get from remembering that, the more I start to get selfish, and the more I start to hoard and hoard my time or my sleep or my resources. But when I recognize, man, what a gift God has given me. What a privilege it is to be able to give for their sake. To see them healthy and succeed. It's a reminder. And, and, and whatever we walk through, God hasn't called us to hoard. And I'm not saying if you have nice stuff you're entitled or any of that stuff. What I'm saying is when we forget the one who ultimately has given us all things we forget the responsibility that comes along with those things. Whether it's a lot or a little in the, in the world's eyes, we are equipped and with what we have to be stewards of, to be a blessing. This is what, if you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, God spoke to this guy named Abraham. And, and what he said to Abraham is, I'm going to bless you And you and your ancestors, those that follow you, will be a blessing to the entire world. Now, what God was saying to Abraham was a precursor of what was going to happen is, if you follow the lineage of Abraham, you come to Jesus. And Jesus, through Jesus, the world would be impacted. But but he was saying, I'm going to bless you, Abraham, and your family, not so that you can you know, have all this cool stuff and, and, and be impressive to the world, but so that you can be a blessing. And that's what God does to, for us today. He blesses us so that we can be a blessing to the world. This is, in fact, what, what John writes in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. He says this, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, I want to say, say this real quick. This is what, what John's—there's a lot to unpack here, and we're not going to dive into all of it. But, but John is saying that we love simply because God first loved us. We give because God gave us so much. He says he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice— for our sins. That means atoning isn't a word we use real often. But, but atonement literally means that, that, that Christ's sacrifice covered our sin, basically stood in place of our sin, was a substitute for our sin, the punishment that we deserved. What, what an incredible gift and sacrifice that God has made. And what's our response? Verse 11 Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. We love and give out of what was given to us. I don't know where you are right now or what you're facing. I I don't know what you're sitting in front of or around. Maybe you're at one of our at-home locations. Maybe you're at home by yourself. But just look around wherever you are. God has blessed you so much. We are blessed people. We are incredibly blessed people. When we recognize that all we have was first given to us, we naturally understand the amazing, incredible privilege to give. And it is a privilege. It's not not an obligation. It is a privilege. It's a privilege because you have something to give. Maybe it's your time and being willing to invest your time into someone else's life. As we talked about a couple weeks ago, that your ceiling could be someone else's floor. Maybe it's your ability and talent and you get to bring something to this world that it so desperately needs because of your mind, because of your training, because of your experience. Maybe it's resources. Maybe God has blessed you abundantly and through your resources, you're able to be a blessing to others. Some of you have given sacrificially during this time and have allowed us to have the resources to provide food, to provide microgrants, to help pay utility bills. Why? Because this is who we're called to be. This is what we see in the church in Antioch. They saw a need and they did what each was able to do to meet that need. That's what God has called us to be as a church. Why? Because it's not about me It's not about what I can get, how I can get the best for me. It's about how I can give. See, we live in a culture, unfortunately, in a world that is very angry at everything. We're we're angry over face masks. We're angry that, that some requires to wear face masks. We're angry that others don't wear face masks. We're angry just about face masks, as simple as that is. It's not about face masks. It's not about, I don't like them, or I don't like them, and picking sides we're angry over this political official or that political official we're angry about the coronavirus or murder hornets or, or, or that it rained the other day we're angry about everything today it's time that we put aside our anger it's time that we recognize the ultimate cause that Jesus came to die for and that we're called to die to ourselves for it's not for us it's for others it's for them it's for the world Success isn't based on what you can get, but what you can give. God didn't put you or me on this earth to simply be a consumer. He didn't put us on this earth to simply hoard as much as we can get and one day breathe our last and move on. He put us on this earth to be carriers of a fingerprint, a fingerprint. A, a, an unmistakable fingerprint, the fingerprint of God, that fingerprint as we give, as we serve, as we care for others, as we don't put ourselves first, but put others first, what that fingerprint is left. It leaves an undeniable mark on people's hearts, on their lives, on our world. It's a fingerprint of love. It's what, what, what Jesus said in John 13. And that, that love is Expressed as we give, not as we get, not as we try to accumulate more and more and more, but as we put others first and we give. You and I are carriers of that fingerprint. And today, putting all the issues aside, I'm not here to say this side is right or that side is right. I'm not here to say we should do that, you should do that, and everyone else is wrong. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying above that all, we should be known by our love as we give, as we put others first. That's what, that's what the church in Antioch was known for. That's what they did. God blessed them so they could be a blessing. That's what God has called us to do in 2020, to give. In church, you have been doing that and I'm so grateful for that. But it's not just during a pandemic. This is what we're called to do. We're called to give of ourselves and put others first. As we, wrap up today. I want to pray for you. Pray that God would give you eyes to see the needs around you. Not not that God would give you all these opportunities to open your checkbook and give money because that's not what it's about. It's not about money. It's It's a heart thing. It's about living a way of life that's generous with your time, with your efforts, your energy, your influence, and your resources. That God would begin to give you eyes to see the opportunities he has for you. Let's pray this morning. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for all that you have given to us. God, I thank you for friends and family. God, I thank you for a roof over our heads, food on the table. God, even during this time, for so many, you've provided resources to pay the bills. Lord, to keep the electricity on. God, for for many of us, Lord, you've given us even an abundance that we've been able to, to, to live out of that overflow and, and help others. Thank you, God, for all that you've given to us. God, thank you for the time in, in quarantine you gave us a, a little extra time where we were able to spend time with our family, where we were able to, Lord, maybe get projects done around our house. Thank you, God, for all that you've blessed us with. God, I pray you would help us to recognize the responsibility we have as carriers of that fingerprint. God, that it's not defined by what we get, but what we give. Lord, help us to live oh, with a heart of generosity. God, let us see through your eyes, Lord, the needs around us, that we can help meet them. Maybe it's with our time in giving someone our attention. Maybe, Lord, it's with a, an ability that you've given us that's unique to us and our, our, our training, our skill sets, that we could help someone, someone in this world. God, use us, I pray be a blessing to this world. Lord, let us not be defined by what we get. Let us be defined by what we give. Thank you, God, for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us today here on Facebook or YouTube, wherever you might be joining us or at one of our Calvary at Home locations. Next Sunday, we're going to be kicking off a new series, going to be something special called The Bible Doesn't Say That and uh, next sunday we're going to be doing a panel discussion with some of our pastors the title of uh, of the message and the discussion is going to be the american God. It's going to be a really powerful, challenging discussion. I hope you can join us uh, right here on Facebook or YouTube. And we're walking through the month of July, looking at the Bible doesn't say that, preparing for August uh, and our uh, coming home month. So I hope you guys have a great day. Enjoy the weather today. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you guys back here next Sunday at 1030. God bless you.